right, we made it the second half here on Main Street Sports today. Coming up, our daily Braves report. We'll also talk with former Braves reliever Eric O'Flaherty. Will be joining us. Also, some uh, sanctions for a couple of uh, Tennessee schools. That and so much more. It's the Thursday edition, second half on this April twenty first, two thousand twenty two. Back to the Hall of Famer Mo Patton and the Sun Drop Kid from Alabama, Chris. Yeah, see, I do learn. I I do learn. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to get into it, but the Johnny Depp situation that we <laughs> talked about, um, he 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 kept saying things that were would be considered hearsay in court, and eventually he was like, "Oh, that's hearsay, right?" I'm learning. I'm learning. So yeah. he would he would he would look at the defense attorney to see if he was going to object for hearsay before he kept going with the story. <laughs> no, <laughs> so no, good. No, no sense in me getting into this if you're going to tell me it's hearsay and I can't I'll, finish it anyway. Yeah. So, and, uh, yeah. Self-censor. It was it was truly remarkable to yeah. watch. Anyway, wow. <laughs> yesterday the Atlanta Braves uh, dropped their well. Dropped the series with the Dodgers. They've not won a series this year. They've uh, either split or lost three consecutive now. Um, but they currently post a six and eight record, which the last two times that they had a six and eight record to start the year, they won a hundred games, Mo. So if history repeats itself, regardless of what they're on pace for right now, yeah, yeah. So we don't mess with the on-pace numbers when you're the Braves. Don't worry about it. Because at some point they're going to win 15, a bunch. Of, 15 of 16 or some yeah. stupid number like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, and again, it can't be overstated. I mean, Ronald Acuna is not far away. Two weeks probably, give or take. Maybe. 15 days. Maybe. That's true. He looked, he looked so good the other day. I don't know how long he needs to rehab. I mean, if he if he's if he's playing at a hundred percent in Gwinnett, why can't he play at a hundred percent in Atlanta? That's that's there's my no question. sense in wasting that on the stripers, es- especially when you've got guys like Alex Dickerson in the lineup. <clears throat> so there's that, that. Yeah. So so yeah, and he's not far off. Um, just got Jesse Chavez back yesterday. Yeah, they're, they're putting the band like, back together. Well, at least, at least, you know, Tukey and Dylan Lee got to fly back with the team. Well, and at least they got what two days of major, major league, league salary. Yeah, so there's per that. diems. That we'll take all pay. of that. Yeah, I mean, hey, you know, so <laughs> I feel bad for those guys, but well, uh, but Jacksonville. Which is where the stripers are, L.A. Where would if you if you're not going to play anyway, where would you rather be? Oh, maybe Jacksonville. It's a little it's a little crowded in L.A., man. I don't know. At least it's Dodger Stadium. Look, you get a chance to be in Dodger Stadium, you want to be there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, that's man. yesterday. Not a great day for Charlie Morton, but not a terrible day either. Um. Just couldn't get the offense going at any point. And, you know, without Austin Riley in the lineup, that certainly hurts you. So you just kind of take that one and move on, come back east, and 
get ready to start some division series. Yeah, got Miami coming in for three starting tomorrow, and then the Cubbies for three after a Monday off day. So, Jesse Chavez. <laughs> His former team. <laughs> Helping us out on the scouting report, I guess. Yeah. That'd be good. I, hopefully, yeah. A um, couple of things here. Miguel Cabrera nearing 3,000 hits. He has 2,999. So, of course, in the bottom of the eighth inning, the Yankees intentionally walked him. And apparently forgot where they were because they're playing in Detroit and the Tiger faithful, none too happy. Well, you know, it's funny because Detroit and New York, very similar fan bases, right? I mean, you expect it from – you expect that kind of thing from three different fan bases. You expect from Detroit, New York, and Philadelphia. You're going to get pretty rough yeah. if you're at Yankee Stadium or in Philly or in Detroit. That's, 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 how, they, that's how they roll. You're going to catch it. And sure enough, Aaron Boone did. So. Oh, there's no question. And then uh, the next, bat, next batter hits a bloop, two run, two RBIs. So <laughs> there you go. That's, that's called serendipity. Uh, so uh, it, you know it's unfortunate that um that Miggy would will not get his 3000th today barring any um they got the Rockies coming in tomorrow though I think so but he it's is just a matter of time but he's looking to do something that only two other people in the history of baseball have done mo <clears throat> I mean Willie Mays and Hank Aaron are the only two people to have 3000 hits 500 home runs and a career batting average of over 300 he can accomplish that with one more hit. That's it's pretty solid. That's that's pretty that's pretty strong company right there. <laughs> I mean, if there's only three, and it's those two and you, feeling pretty good. So he, I'm surprised that you you're not pointing out that he's the first player not from Alabama <laughs> to to not from Mo- achieve Mobile. That. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Baldwin County. Yep. <laughs> Coming in strong. So <laughs> that's interesting. But yeah, um, you know, I I'm feeling I'm feeling good for Miggy. I, I if there was anybody who could do something like this, I, I'd want it to be him. He's just been a class <laughs> act for a long time and a great ball player. Quietly. Outside of that one year, um, you know, somebody called him the Dirk Nowitzki of the of MLB, and I thought that's hmm. it's a pretty accurate comparison because he's just kind of been really kind of good off the for radar. a long time. And you know, Detroit doesn't get a whole lot of national notoriety, neither did Dallas when Nowitzki was there. So, yeah, that's that's a pretty good comp. It really is. Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, and then finally, before we get uh, to a break real quick, um, the Nationals yesterday. Nat's going to Nat. Nat's going to Nat. They – they, they, they schedule this whole elaborate paratrooper uh, para, parachute situation <laughs> and a f- apparently forgot to tell the U.S. Capitol. So Capitol Police evacuate the entire United States Capitol because a, a tweet went out that said it was a probable threat to the Capitol building. Not a potential, not a possible, a probable threat to the Capitol because they just circled for so long. And then the nationals tweet out, here they come. And it's just paratroopers 
down onto the field is truly a work of art in, in Washington, D.C. As, as only the Nationals can, really. As only, Nat, Nationals. As only D.C. can. Yeah. I mean, if there was any place in the world where that could happen, it's Washington, D.C. Mo, before we get out of here, you got to tell us what happened today in Braves history. April 21st, 1982, rallying from a three-run deficit, the Braves defeated visiting Cincinnati 4-3 at Atlanta Fulton County Stadium, set a record with their 13th straight victory to open the season, a mark later matched by the 1987 Milwaukee Brewers. Chris Chambliss homered in the fifth to make it a 3-1 game, with Rafael Ramirez adding the sexy seventh-inning sack fly. Before Claudel Washington's two-out base hit scored Ramirez and Brett Butler for the walk-off win. 13 straight to open. My senior year, I remember stopping by a convenience store on the way to school to pick up a paper. Won't mention the name of it. Just to see what the Braves did the night before. Those fun were the stuff. days. Those were the days. It's fun stuff. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We've got Eric O'Flaherty. Host of 755 is Real Podcast and former Braves reliever. So stick around on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. We will be back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990. Or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931 388 8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931 388 5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931 388 5731 and schedule your tour today. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes, that'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student athletes in your community? Obviously, yes. Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Tennessee. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries, and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. (laughs) 
Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao, alongside an old patent, J.P. Plant, back in the bird, but pushing all the buttons, all the right ones. And we're glad to have you guys with us here as we count down this throwback Thursday to the end of the show. But we've got a couple of segments left, including this next one, where we have a special guest coming to you. He is the pride of Walla Walla, Washington. No question there. And the sultan of the sinker, host <laughs> of the 70, 755 is Real podcast, and, of course, one-third of the greatest, the original greatest bullpen in Braves history, Oventbril. It is Eric O'Flaherty. Eric, thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, how you guys doing? Doing well, Eric. Appreciate you spending some time with us. Since Craig, since Chris brought up Oventbril, what's your favorite nickname? Do you, do you like Oventbril, or are you liking the night shift that they've got going now? I think the night shift's a way cooler nickname. You know, my uh, <laughs> my co-host on that 755 is Real Podcast. Uh, actually, the host. I'm the co-host. Um Dave kind of just threw that together and, you know, we needed something cooler, but nothing really popped up and then people kind of ran with that. So we got stuck with it, but I think the night shift sounds a lot cooler for sure. They are, they have definitely shut things down when they've had the opportunity. Haven't had a, as many opportunities as, as Braves fans would like to this point, six and eight coming out of that Dodger series, but um, got to really like what that bunch has done to this point. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think I think it hurts a little bit losing Luke, but they brought in Kenley. Strider looks really good. Um, I, I really don't see him skipping a beat because um, they're so deep as they are. And then moving Will Smith um, out of that closer role allows them to have you know three really dominant lefties they can they can bring in any time from the sixth to the eighth inning. So I, I think it'll be just as strong this year without Luke. You mentioned Spencer Strider. Is there any chance that he gets a shot at uh, maybe opening some games or maybe even going a little longer than three innings? I would think so. I mean, you know, the way he's throwing the ball, I don't think you want to limit him to the bullpen, even though it's nice, you know, like that game he had in San Diego gave the rest of the pen, you know, a break having him go three innings. Um But anytime a guy's as young as he is and throwing the ball the way he is, I think you got to – at least exhaust that option of him being a starter before you limit him to the pen. So I, I would think he'll get some starts this year for sure. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Um, obviously, a lot of moving parts with, with the pitching staff for the Braves right now. Enoah just getting sent down earlier this week. Um, Tuki Toussaint and Dylan Lee going back down today, I guess. Um, Sean Newcomb being traded to the Cubs, Jesse Chavez coming back. I mean, um, Anthopolis can do no wrong, it feels like right now. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, it's even the even the Freeman thing, man, you know, he, he pretty much made the one move you could make where it doesn't hurt and you can't really question it because getting a player like Matt Olson and extending him immediately – I mean, that really softened the blow of losing Freddie. I, I really can't think of too many things to criticize AA about, to be honest with you. 
Um, having said that, six and eight. How, Eric, and, and you've been in a lot of major league clubhouses, obviously, how do you not buy into all of the panic button pushing that's going on out here with folks so upset about having not won a series yet, that kind of thing? Well, I don't know if you have a better example than the team not being over 500 till, what was it, August last year? Right. So, I mean, if you, if you can you can look at last season and see they won the World Series, I don't know how you can realistically convince yourself you should panic this early in the year. I know it's natural, and, and teams want to see the team playing well. But, you know, just look at last season. They played as bad as they did for a good portion of the year, and then they got hot at the right time and won the World Series. So it's just, you know, it's hard to re- remember, um, especially when you're watching other sports and every game matters. And I'm not saying every game doesn't matter in baseball, but there is so much time in a major league season. Um, you know, you have plenty of six and eight spurts uh, throughout the year that, you know, it's all amplified when it happens in April, when you're playing like this in April. But, I mean, for me, there's zero panic. It's uh, and, and, you know, for – a person who likes to panic, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's, it's always great to hear that because, you know, obviously games in April matter just as much as games in August, but they only matter to the record necessarily. They don't, or, or to the postseason seating maybe. But right. if you're, if you're playing better in August, you know, that that's, that's really what, what counts this, this Braves club, as we mentioned in the last segment, Mo, the last time they started six and eight, they, won 100 games. So yeah. this, you know, and that's the kind of stuff that Braves fans have to just kind of, you know, take a breath, take a take a beat and l- say, look, Ronald Acuña is coming back in the next 2 Couple weeks, weeks or yeah. or sooner. <laughs> I mean, as well as he's playing right now, he looks great down in Gwinnett, but you know, it just feels like this this team as good as it is and as talented as it is is still not as talented as it could potentially be, and you're still sitting at six and eight coming off a West Coast road trip. Yeah. I mean, it, for me, it's like I said, there's zero panic. And I think one of the one of the things you really try hard to do, you know, even with your stats individually as a as a major league player is never you know, we call it riding the roller coaster where you have, you know, a bad start, a couple bad weeks. The guys that get emotional and ride those highs and lows, um, the season just beats the crap out of them. You know, mentally, physically, you can't be that invested in the day-to-day, even though, you know, I'm sure, you know, as a fan, it gets frustrating. But, I mean, it's – it's you got what? So you're through 14 games, so you got, <laughs> what, 148 left? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just you just have to keep it in perspective, and it gets easier and easier as a player as you go along because you've had a bad season and turned it around, had some slumps and turned them around. But, you know, I get it. I get that it's frustrating as a fan, but there's zero reason to panic right now. Good to hear. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> I needed someone to someone else besides Mo to tell me not to panic. Well, someone who's lived it. I mean, speaking here on Main Street Sports today with former Braves reliever, Eric O'Flaherty, co-host of the 755 Is Real podcast with the at the Athletics Braves beat writer David O'Brien. So um, 
this guy, if, if anybody knows living it, it it's this mm-hmm. guy. And little known fact, between stints with the Braves, Eric O'Flaherty, also a former Nashville Sound. So spent some time. I never there. set foot there though. I think they just put me on the roster. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. When I was when I was going through your um stuff on the baseball cube, I saw because I didn't remember it, but no. so so how did how did that go down? Well, I just I think I was just rehabbing from Tommy John. So they kind of shuffle you on the different rosters um when you're on the sixty man. I, I honestly I don't know how that happened and I can't explain <laughs> it, but I know I never set foot in Nashville. <laughs> but I heard it's an awesome place to play. It's it, it's 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 not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad now. Yeah, well, yeah, I was about to say it might have been when you when you would have been on the I, team. I, I don't remember not. if you would have been at First Horizon <laughs> Park or if you would have been at Greer Stadium with those Nashville Sounds, but huge difference. Huge well, difference. the new park, yeah, it yeah. pretty much. You know, I was with the A's at the time. Okay, and so it would have been. anybody that went there was like some guys didn't even want to get called up to the big leagues. They were having so much fun in Nashville. Man, we 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 have a blast. There's no question there, man. Uh, Eric, you know. The game of baseball is changing as far as, you know, especially in Atlanta where we've seen the, the mix it up and, you know, the, the, the sword swipes and that sort of thing from, from the players. Here in Tennessee, the Tennessee Volunteers have certainly made a spectacle of, um, themselves. of, of themselves and the game <laughs> of baseball. You know, how, how do you feel about the way the game is changing and evolving? And it and, and looks like guys are just having more fun. I don't, it doesn't bother me at all. You know, I think you're, you're kind of taught that the game's supposed to be played a certain way um, for so long that initially, you know, your, your instinct is to fight it. And more than anything, just question, why are these guys getting away with stuff I couldn't? Um, but I look, at, I look at how the game's being played and how many more young players you see come up and have success immediately. I mean, it was when I was coming up as a rookie, two thousand six. It was a tough league to break into because you had a lot of salty vets um, that that were just what. I mean, you're walking on eggshells in the clubhouse. You sit on the wrong couch and you're getting yelled at. You know, so it was it was pretty tough to feel comfortable. And then you come into a major league game and you're on the field with all these guys that you don't think even want you there. Um, so that was that was definitely you know tough to. It was a tougher game to break into. And when I see these guys having fun and managers really not getting wrapped up in too much, I think as a whole it's been good for the game because most of the time the young players are more exciting. You know, like a guy like Acuna coming up and people love all his annex. You know, so for me, I don't I don't get too hung up on it. I, I think you just have to you have to accept change and and accept that it's good for the game. And that's kind of been the mindset I've taken toward it all. You know, I, I love what you said about the young guys being the most excited. And you referenced 2006, Eric. 2005, the the baby Braves. Right. The infusion of energy and excitement that those those guys constantly coming up from AAA and AA gave that team. Just, just that infusion can make a difference, did make a difference that year, it felt like. Right. Yeah, and, you know, it's just, it, it's just a change that's happened in the game and, I think more than anything, you're trying to grow the game, and if that's what if that's what gets kids interested in it, then I think it's a good thing. Well, some things have changed, some things have not changed, and as many people have seen on Twitter and the rest of the internet, uh, Texas 
Texas college baseball game where a pitcher decided to uh, absolutely <laughs> just, I, I don't even know, I don't have a word for it. He speared him uh, coming around third base. And I, I'm just curious, Eric, what player would you have, do you feel like you just wanted to spear at some point? If, you, if, if it were legal and you could just have done that, who would it have been? Uh, most of the time myself <laughs> you know you have a you have a rough I was really hoping for yachty <laughs> no i mean i i saw that play and i'm i'd like to know the whole story if because it didn't look like that guy really did too much i don't know if he said something in the pitcher's direction or if the guy was just mad he gave up a grand slam or whatever it was but that's a play i've never really seen before but I really hope that dude's okay because he got just absolutely leveled. <laughs> he got up and cl- crossed home plate, so I'm proud of him yeah. for that at least. Yeah. I don't know if oh he, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna finish my home run. I don't know yeah. which. I don't know which of the four plates he he touched yeah. when he got there because I'm sure he was seeing multiples. Yeah, I don't know if he's feeling too hot today. <laughs> absolutely. Oh man, Eric O'Flaherty, former Braves reliever. Um, co-host of the 755 is real podcast appreciate you spending some time with us coming at us from the great pacific northwest yep anytime guys at eof34 on twitter one of the best twitter follows you can make go follow him hit that button and uh check out the podcast 755 is real he and david o'brien do a great job that's uh that's gonna do it for this segment eric thanks man we appreciate it yep thanks for having Uh, me guys when we come back, we're going to talk about some, a local baseball team whose record has certainly taken a dive in the last 24 hours. <laughs> and uh, we've been neglecting to talk about our friends out in Memphis and their NCAA allegations. So we'll get to all of that in the next segment and uh, possibly some more. So stick around. Main Street Sports today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Returns after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990. Or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931 388 8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931 388 5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931 388 5731 and schedule your tour today. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. 
A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in to Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton, J.P. Plant here with you on this beautiful Thursday. If you are not planning to get out to a ball game this afternoon, rethink your plans. <laughs> it's going to be a sensational day. I have a feeling at the ballpark. Um, that was a good segment with Eric. I thought uh, thought he brought some great insight for Especially yeah. those of us who needed to hear some of those things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's nice to hear it from somebody that has the the background that he has. That's right. It so. is. It, it, it makes it a little bit more real. <clears throat> um, adversity facing the Braves as they are six and eight, but not as much adversity as the Cumberland Phoenix baseball team is now facing after its record changed overnight from 28 and 16 to 6 and 38 overall and 3 and 17 from 17 and 3 in Mid-South Conference play. You know what though? You know what that's going to do? That's going to throw that entire Mid-South Conference tournament into Upside turmoil down. because they were sitting at 17 and 3. I mean, likely had the one to be, seed. But it had to be in the hunt for the one. And and all of a sudden they're going to be in the bottom half. But should and be a, the and, one. And a good you know? and a good team is potentially going to get eliminated really early. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, that's that's unfortunate. There's yeah. no question there. Um no <sighs> Story on WilsonPost.com does not um, specify the the violations. Uh, Clearly, I mean, it it had to have been an ineligible player in some way, shape, or form. And judging by the number of games, probably a position player. Right. Um, But they they did self-report the violation. And they forfeited the 22 wins, 14 of them in Mid-South Conference play, as we said. But, you know, kudos to Cumberland for just saying, hey, look, we realize we messed up. Um, we're here to take the, the consequences as they are. And the positive being that they're still going to be eligible for postseason play, right. uh, likely because they self-reported. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, and sometimes you just catch this kind of thing. I mean – Columbia State had a similar situation here either last year or the year before where they they realized they had played an, an ineligible player 
and self-reported it, you know, because you can either self-report it or you can wait until somebody else figures it out and and then the damage is probably even more so. so. Right, right. And yesterday while while this is happening there, they were on the road playing 19th ranked uh, IU Southeast and uh, obviously we told you earlier they got beat 18 to 8 uh, by the top 25 team out of New Albany, Indiana, but it's still uh, again, kudos to Cumberland for self-reporting. Yeah. Out West, <clears throat> University of Memphis didn't, didn't, self-report. didn't self-report anything. <laughs> not that, only did they not self-report, but they kind of um, fought all allegations, I guess, right? They, they still are, I believe. I'm not sure that there has been a penalty or – there's been a notice of allegations, and that's pretty much it right now. Four level fours or level ones and two level twos in relation to institutional control, which we know lack of institutional control is NCAA's favorite term. Uh, head coach responsibility and failure to monitor. None of those sound good. <laughs> no question there. None of those in, in NCAA circles is a good thing. This is the problem. And, again, surprise, surprise, a team with Larry Brown on the bench is going through this situation. <laughs> I, uh, what, what do you uh, – look, I'm not saying anything that's not true here. No, the, the notice, no. The notice of allocation states that uh, head coach – Penny Hardaway, quote, failed to demonstrate that he promoted an atmosphere of compliance within the men's basketball program. So it sounds like he was just like, compliance? (laughs) (laughs) Schmopliance. Like, I mean, we don't care. What what you got, JB? Well, you you mentioned Larry Brown. Um, In in my previous life when I was working uh, with the Bobcats team, now the Hornets, he was the head coach. So mm-hmm. I, I spent a couple of years with Leah Brown as the head coach. A very nice guy, by the way, and knows his basketball. Super nice guy. Yeah, knows his basketball. Um, but, you know, obviously comes with a little history. I mean, you're, you're, you're not wrong, yeah. Yeah. You know, or a lot, a little, yeah. A little history. Yeah, a little history. Yeah, okay. But uh, So, I, and, and I'm... <laughs> okay, so apparently there is a... This stems from a, a forensic examination in Memphis that former assistant men's basketball coach Mike Miller, his hard drive was formatted on June 5th, 2020. And obviously, when you format a hard drive, the everything's gone. I mean, it's, it's deleted. <laughs> then Memphis failed to conduct an adequate investigation into why computer's hard drive was not preserved. It obviously in in began with the eligibility status of James Wiseman. So this is this is kind of where all of this comes from. And basically Memphis at this point has said we're not going to talk about an ongoing investigation. But Mo, I mean with all of the issues Penny Hardaway has had in his tenure to this point, this doesn't this doesn't help. 
when you say it doesn't help, though, I mean... Maybe it does. What I mean, do you mean? I mean, because... You clear- ain't cheating, you ain't trying, I guess. <laughs> I mean, maybe it does help. I don't know. I don't think anybody in the athletic administration or university administration at Memphis looks at Penny any differently at this moment than they have at any point previously. I mean, I, yeah, but what you just said, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. It's almost like that's the, it, it might be painted on a wall somewhere down there. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if you go back, <laughs> you go back and look at their history of coaches. It's certainly, uh, and with and one they, exception and the history of people they fired <laughs> and with, with one exception and that when they ran off, it, it, this is my point. Mm-hmm. So it, it goes to show that if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying and you ain't coaching in Memphis. Apparently <laughs> that is the third part of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the, the, <laughs> the unwritten part, the, the small print. Yeah. No, nope. We don't tell you that part up front. No. <laughs> that's, that's the quiet part being said out loud. Apparently. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, when you brought this guy in, that's what you brought. You knew what was coming. I mean, you knew what was coming because he was cheating in high school as a coach. I mean, let's be honest. That's the facts. They didn't get to play in, in, in the state tournament because of it. Okay? He cheated in high school. You didn't think he was going to keep cheating at Memphis, maybe they did think oh, yeah, that. Absolutely. And again, <laughs> and that is why they hired him. And then they were mad because, dude, you cheating and losing. Bad combination. Can't do that. Guys, what 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 did Dennis Green say? <laughs> I mean, they you could say. We thought they yeah, were. He is who we thought he was. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? You know what <laughs> Herm Edwards said? You play to win the, the game. game. <laughs> so, oh, <laughs> there's a lot. One. There's a lot here. Mm-hmm. There really is. But um, the fact is that Memphis is probably going to get a at least a one year postseason ban, and we'll see what happens to Penny. Nothing. <laughs> I mean, unless the NCAA imposes yeah, some sort of sanctions, yeah. That would be the only way that apparently Penny Hardaway leaves. And Here's, this was this was the question that I asked during that entire process leading up to Penny being hired as coach at the University of Memphis. Clearly, the best player in the history of your program. What happens when you have to fire your your legend? Well, this is the only cover you have. Right. If 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 you need to fire him, here's at least some cover. But I don't even know that they want to. I don't think they want to. I'm just saying, if you need to, they mm-hmm. can they can go back to difference. this. They can point to this and say this is the reason. Yeah, it, it, they may not want to, but if it's they in need his file. To, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah, it's in his file. It, it is. It is. Hey, don't worry. In, in 20 years, he can just go coach Kentucky, I guess. Oh, because that's. That's what John Calipari's has done. So. Wow. Anyway. That's a, that's a good one to get out. Hey, hey yeah, no Chris, doubt. before we get yeah. out here, I got a question. Uh, did you, speaking of uh, feedback, did you get any yesterday from at home following our show? <laughs> uh, so we talked about this off the air. Yeah. Everything was good when, when I got okay. home. I, matter of fact, it, it seemed like uh, everything was better than it was. 
<laughs> hours earlier <laughs> at, at three o'clock. So I don't know what happened on the on the way. I guess I don't guess ask questions. She must have had a good interview. Is all I can tell you. I don't know. <laughs> don't think it'll only hurt the us. ball club. That's right. Don't think at all. So come hang out with us tomorrow. Of course, we've got Jeff him as always. Nashville sounds play by play man and much more. We have nobody else yet. Not yet. Well, we'll figure somebody out. Oh no! And whoever we figure out, they will be good. Mm-hmm. That's right, because that's that's, that's what, what we, do. we do. Y'all come hang out with us tomorrow. It's going to be a great day uh, on Friday. So we appreciate it for JP back in the Berg and Mo. I'm Chris. Y'all have a great day. See you then.